The Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return. Hello, and welcome to the Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return. My name is Joni Siegel, and I am the host for this podcast. My husband, Steve Siegel, is the producer and co-founder of the podcast. Just a reminder to please subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and give us a five-star rating so that when people are searching for help in the area of addiction, they will find our podcast. Please also subscribe to our YouTube channel by the same name and give our videos a thumbs up again so that people will find our videos when they are looking for messages of help and hope. Today's episode is episode number 330. Two, 332. And today we have an interview with a lady named Jackie Goucher. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about her. Jackie Goucher has traveled to six of the seven continents, singing in studios and on stages behind some of the most notable names in the in music industry, including Elton John, Michael Jackson, Tina Turner, Diana Ross, Chaka Khan, Quincy Jones, Patti LaBelle, Jill Scott, Yolanda Adams, and a host of others. It was not always a smooth path, however, and Jackie had to master herself before she could become a vessel of light for her children. When her children were toddlers, Jackie found herself struggling with cocaine addiction. She writes about her journey of overcoming in her autobiography, How Would I Know?, and her second book, True Worshippers. Jackie has been sober, sober for over 20 years now, which is a testament to the power of healing through God's grace and mercy. In her most recent work, Jackie candidly shares her experience as the mother of Daniel D. Smoke Ferris, Sir Daryl Ferris, Inglewood Sir, and Davian Ferris, three young Grammy-nominated artists who are taking the music industry by storm. So without further ado, let's talk to Jackie Goucher. Jackie Goucher, is that, am I saying your name correct? Yes, you are. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today and being willing to share your story. I'm excited to talk to you. Well, I'm excited to talk to you. Awesome. You're I such love a, sharing my story. Thank you. You're such a beautiful lady. Thank you. I looked at your picture and I was like, oh my goodness, she's so pretty. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so Jackie, tell us where you grew up. And I know you have, um, I know you have a little bit of your own a background with addiction that that you're no longer in. But tell yes. us where you grew up. Where did you grow up? What was your life like when you were growing up? Well, I grew up in Los Angeles. And up until the age of nine, uh, my parents were together. We were the average middle-class family, had a home and everything. But then at nine, my parents got a divorce. Mm -hmm. So from that point on, it was back and forth from mom to dad, moving every year from one apartment to another. And so it kind of just went downhill. And I, as a, as a young preteen and teen just began to rebel. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of where the whole drug thing started. Understood. Did you have siblings, Jackie? I do. I have, well, I had two brothers growing up and I had a younger brother when I was 16, but yeah, I have three brothers. Okay. And actually my brother, the, the one that's right next to me, we started together <laughs> with ah. the, started drinking and I was at the age of 12 when I first had my first drink. Okay. Who, yeah. who gave you your first drink or were you at a party or what happened? You know what? It was, it, it actually started with my dad. He was a functional alcoholic, drug addict. Okay. And so there was drinks around the house all the time. And so when I was with him, you know, he had the 
the bottle of crown oil <laughs> sitting on the counter and I just helped myself. Okay. And then, and then how did it progress? I mean, you were, you were 12 years old. Yeah. What happened it, after that? it started with marijuana and, and that was, it didn't seem to interrupt my life because I continued to get good grades and I smoked throughout high school and I continued to get good grades. But then after it was after um, after I got married and I got married very young at the age of 21. OK, I had I had been sober for for a few years and from 18 to 21. I was clean. But then when I married my husband, I wasn't aware until after we were married that he was also an addict and he started getting high. And I he his drug of choice was cocaine, crack cocaine. Uh. And so he was getting high constantly and I was smoking weed and I just got curious one day and I decided to ask him if I could try it. And after he protested, he protested a little bit, then he, you know, he let me try it. And that was, that was it. It was, oh. I was hooked from that point on. Okay. Now, were you in the music uh, business at that time? Yeah. Well, yeah, that's, that was kind of the beginning. I had, I had worked off and on when I quit at age 18, my brother, Andrew, who's also in the music business, began to hire me for background sessions. So I was working a little bit. Then it kind of went up and down while I was going through my addiction. So I was in and out of the music industry. As a matter of fact, there's a little story. I don't know if you're, I'm sure you're probably familiar with the movie, The Color Purple. Yes. Right. Well, I sang in that movie. My voice is in in one of the scenes, the original one, the 30, 35 years ago. Wow. And so- um, this, there's a scene in the movie where they're in the church and the, and the young girl in the choir stand gets up and starts singing. And uh, that's my voice. She, she lip synced to my voice. And when I did that session, I was, I was in a brief period of sobriety, but when I got the check from that session, then I relapsed and went right back oh. down. Yeah. And it, yeah. but it's, you know what, it's a beautiful story because it has a wonderful ending. <laughs> it, it, it does. And I know exactly what scene you're talking about. It's one of my favorite films of yeah. all time. And I remember that I remember that young girl singing. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, that's amazing. Now the next time I watch it, I'm gonna go, that's Jackie. That's not that girl. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I love that. Now your husband, was he also in the music business? Not at all. Okay. No, I would okay. never have married him if he was. I see. Okay. So, so the two of you are doing cocaine. Did you guys have kids? Well, that was, that was the period where I was having my sons. And, and as I tell the story, it sounds really horrible, but like I said before, it has a wonderful ending. I was pregnant. I had uh, my sons in 1984, 85 and 86, and I was in and out of addiction. Uh, you know, off and on, I was getting high. And, and the, the beautiful part of the story that I started with the, the color purple is my son, Daniel, who people know as D Smoke, I was pregnant with him when I uh, did that session. Wow. So, yeah. And so when I got the check and I started getting high, it was, I was, he wasn't due for, for like six weeks. So I, my plan was to get high and then, you know, be done with it and not have any more because I'm going to have this baby. But I ended up uh, having labor pains that day, the oh. day that I got the check and I got high in the morning and then I started having contractions and, and, you know, it was, I was terrified, but long story short, I prayed and not only did they not find any drugs in his system and take them away from me, which is what they normally would do, right. but he turned out to be one of the most amazing men. People know him. He's known, in, he's known in the music industry as D smoke. Yep. And so, yeah. And he also, he, he got straight A's all the way through high school. He got a full ride to UCLA he graduated from UCLA in 2007 and he went back to his high school, Inglewood High, and started teaching Spanish 
because he majored in Spanish literature. So he's a brilliant young man. So it's really kind of miraculous that, you know, the drugs didn't affect him. You know, that's that's awesome. And I I. I'm, I'm convinced 100% that your praying definitely helped with that. No, Absolutely. no doubt. We yeah. had a, a young man on the podcast who's, who, along with his wife, had been addicted to heroin. And when she was pregnant, she, you know, just made her too sick. She couldn't, she couldn't come off. And so she continued to use, but their little girl was born without any drugs in her system. And, you know, now they're clean and sober. And so it happens. And I, and it's a miracle. You know, yeah, your son was a miracle, just yes, flat out. Absolutely. I mean, that's, you know, because there are too many babies that are born addicted. So we know that that happened. So the fact that he mm-hmm. wasn't, that's amazing. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. So when did you get fully clean and sober? Like what, you know, we call this podcast, the point of no return, because we like to hear from people who have had an issue with drugs or alcohol. Like what, at what point did they decide they had to get clean and sober or, you know, their life was going to go down the other way and it wasn't going to be good. Yeah. What was that for you? I have a very specific turning point. My sons were one, two, and three. Wow. Okay. That right there. I mean, what a brave (laughs) woman you are. That's motivation enough to get sober. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Either that or do more drugs. I'm not sure. I mean, I mean, you know, I went off up and down, but so I was getting high one night in the room with the boys. They were asleep in their little corner and the, my three-year-old woke up and he looked at me, he said, Mama, what you doing? Sometimes the hardest thing about getting someone into recovery is getting them to agree to treatment. Bobby Newman, a certified drug counselor with 30 years experience and an over 85% success rate as an interventionist, has created a series of 12 videos that you can use right now to learn every step to get your loved one to agree to treatment. Call 866-989-4499 today and say the word podcast to get a 10% discount or go to newmaninterventions.com and type in the word podcast for a 10% discount. This service comes with a free one-hour consultation with Bobby. That was it, that was it you know. Yeah, I, I, first of all, I told him a lie. I said, mm-hmm. I'm, I told him I was taking medicine. Mm. And but I felt, you know, you can imagine what I felt. I felt so low at that point. And I decided at that moment, I'm either going to be a drug addict or I'm going to be a mother. I can't be both. Wow. Yeah. Major decision. Yeah. And so from that point on, my husband was still, you know, off and on getting high. He eventually went uh, went to prison and left me alone for seven years with the boys, which was actually not a bad thing because we both were able to really get ourselves together. You know, I I was hired at uh, my church where I'm actually still there 35 years later. Yeah, as, a, as the musician and the, and the minister of music. And so for the first year that I was sober, I, I was honest with myself. And this is what I like to tell people because I remember lying to myself. You know, when I was when I was in my addiction, I remember saying, "Okay, you're just going to get one. Okay, you're only going to spend fifty dollars. You can handle it." After you're going to, you know, I would lie to myself all the time. So when I decided, when I reached that turning point, is when I decided to be totally honest with me, with myself, and with the people around me, with my mother especially, because I lived with her at the time. And so Mm. for the first year of my sobriety, I gave her all my money, and she handled it for me because I knew, you know, I couldn't be walking around the streets with twenty dollars in my pocket, even. You know, that's how bad. So, yeah, my honesty with myself first and then with my mother is what, you know, kept me, got me into my sobriety. 
That's amazing. And it's such a good piece of advice, you know, because I, I've heard before from addicts when they say, you know, every morning I'd wake up and say, this is the day I'm going to get clean and sober. And then, you know, like it wouldn't happen. And it, it if you cannot be honest with yourself, you're not going to be honest with anybody else. You're right. absolutely right, Jackie. Right. Right. So when, what, how old were the boys when your husband went away to prison? They were one, two, and three. Oh, that was when he went. Oh, okay. Right at okay. that point. And so when they came, when he came, they were seven, eight, and nine. When okay. he came, or was it eight, nine, and 10? Something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and at that point, we, yeah, I mean, we've been sober ever since. We never looked back. Okay. So, so you guys but, are still together. Well, that's another story. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. You were that's, for a while. We're still friends. We were Good. together. We, we stayed together. And see, I told you I got married at a young age. And I know this is an addiction podcast, so we're not going to talk <laughs> about relationships. But but it's okay. Okay, cool. But I, I got married at 21. I met him at 20 and I was pregnant, got pregnant at 20 and then married him. And we were, we were in a religious uh, environment. We went to church. In fact, we met in church. And so the religious culture back then was, you know, we were so afraid that people were going to find out we were having sex before we got married. That was our, our you know, religious thing. <laughs> and so uh, we got married because I was pregnant. Right. And kept having the babies. And and I decided because of the pain that my that I went through because of my parents' divorce that I didn't want to do that to my kids. I wanted them to be raised with both parents, which is why I waited. And it's also why I stayed married for as long as I did, because I realized as I was growing and as he, you know, he was a wonderful father. He is a wonderful father. He's a wonderful man. We're still very good friends. But uh, as far as what what it takes to be successful in a relationship, neither of us had it. We didn't know how to communicate. We didn't know how to handle money. We didn't know much of anything. And it was just always a struggle and stressful. And and unfortunately, he and I, we kind of grew separately, you know, in mm-hmm. different directions. And so I had to decide at one point, once my kids were grown, you know, is this what I want? Because <laughs> at 21, you, don't, you can't make a lifelong decision. You know, it's not so uninformed. And I, I didn't even, I had never heard the term red flag. So, mm. you know, but I stayed with him for 25 years. Um, you know, we raised the boys and obviously we did a good job because they're amazing people. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but we, in fact, we, we've been married three times. Oh. <laughs> That's I kept going back. Yeah, I've been married three times to the same man. Okay, fair enough. I kept going back and, uh, you know, and I finally grew. And I was in my 50s when I realized this is not good. (laughs) This is not going to work. Right. Okay. First of all, you don't look like you're anywhere beyond maybe 30. So, oh, God bless you. No, I'm not. I'm not lying. What birthday I just celebrated. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. So, that, how did you did you just stop? Is that how you or did you go to rehab? Did you how did you get clean? My mother was my program. You are listening to the Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return. For more information on the podcast or to reach out if you have a story you would like to share with us, go to our Facebook page by the same name, or you can email us at theaddictionpodcast at yahoo.com or go to our website, theaddictionpodcast.com, or call us at 727-314-7080. And please remember to subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and give us a five-star review. And I went to I went to the, the Cocaine Anonymous meetings and Alcohol Anonymous. So I went through that process for a while, but what I could not, and I'm not putting putting that uh, that system down because it works. Right. 
However, I, I couldn't become a, I couldn't stay there because every time you get up and you say, my name is Jackie and I'm an addict. I couldn't do that because I don't see myself as an addict. Nope. Long time ago, I stopped seeing myself as an addict. And you know, that's my biggest kind of, um, I mean, I haven't gone through it and I know it's very successful for a lot of people, but there, to me, there's, there's like, if, if you believe something about yourself, that's what you get. So if you say, I am clean and sober and I'm powerful and I'm beautiful, then that's true. And so I have a little bit of a problem when you have to get up and say, I'm an addict or I'm an alcoholic. And it's like, I think that, I think I'd have a problem with that. So I get it, Jackie. I, I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I would not discourage someone. In fact, I would encourage people to try the 12 step program because yes. it does work. Yep. That's just the one thing that I couldn't, I couldn't continue to go to the meetings because I didn't, I didn't, that was not my thought process, you know? Yep. Well, and I, I personally, you know, there's, there's varying, there's lots of different, different opinions out there about, you know, what causes addiction, how to get clean and sober. But, you know, I, I feel like to kind of start with the premise that, you know, I have this situation and I'm always going to have it, you know, once again, you're agreeing that you're always going to have it. And so right. Right. why not start with, well, I was, but as of today, I'm not anymore. Yes. And today I'm not, and tomorrow I won't be or whatever. So yeah. anyway. And for me, it's 35 or going on 36 years. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I have to change what I, the bio said 20. Okay. 36 years. Oh, that was an old bio. Oh. Okay. <laughs> gotta, well, now yeah. everybody's listening and they go, okay, 36 years. I can, I can change it, but, um, yeah. I very well done. Cause, um, you know, you, and you know, well done your mom. Is she still around? Oh yeah. She's, oh. she's, she's 82 years old now and awesome. I take care of her. So, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. But I mean, to have that kind of support and yeah. Obviously, she understood what you were going through and could help you get through it, which is amazing. And she did it in such a beautiful way because she was so gracious and patient with me. She knew me well enough to know that I didn't want to be like that. Right. So she knew it was it was, would have been counterproductive and even destructive for her to get on my case. Mm -hmm. Like she never got on my case. She never she never yelled at me. She never all she ever really did was love me. Like there was one time in particular, one story that one uh, event where I was out for like three days uh, binging and she had the babies. And so when I finally went home, I was terrified to go home because I knew she was going to be angry and I had left the kids and I was just beating myself, uh, just, you know, torturing myself. And when I walked in the house oh, and every time I tell the story, I get emotional because she's, she's an angel. When I walked in the house, all she did was grab me and hug me for the longest time. Then she she had some food that she had cooked. She fed me. She allowed me to take a bath. And then I went to sleep because I had binged for three days. I slept for almost 24 hours. She kept, she watched the kids and she just, she held me and, you know, she just mothered me and loved me. And so that was, uh, that was enough for me. And, uh, you know, and, and, and the, on the other hand, my brother, Anthony, at one time was so angry with me that he tried to choke me. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, he attacked me one time. He was just so angry because it was another one of my binges. I was gone for a couple of days. I come home and he jumps on me because he's just so angry. But, you know, that obviously didn't work. <laughs> no, but but so beautiful about your mom, you know. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So you got clean and sober and then you went back in the music business? Yes. As, as, as a matter of fact, as I like I was moving into the music business, as I was trying to get sober, like I told you, I did the color purple when I was pregnant with him, yep. with uh, Daniel. 
And uh, after that, I just started getting jobs. You know, I, my life stabilized. You know, I had the job at the church, but then I started singing background and I got to do like I got to do Johnny Carson, the Arsenio Hall show and all those shows singing background for like Diana Ross and Quincy, Quincy Jones and Shaka Khan. I toured with Shaka Khan. So, yeah, I've done some some I've been blessed, you know. Yeah. My, yeah. Yeah. I read that in your bio, but now I'm, now I want to go see videos and see if I can spot you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's amazing. And tell us just a little bit about your boys, what they're doing. Well, you know what? I, I'm going to show you these. These are these. This is the book that I wrote. It's okay. called Raising Kings, and it's all about my experience raising them. And I don't know if you can see the picture. I can, yeah. Oh, yeah that's my sons are. This is. Oh shoot! <laughs> they look so much alike. I have to look at it. Okay, so this is Sir, the artist named Sir. He's Sir Daryl. This is D Smoke. His name is Daniel, and that's Davion Ferris. And um, they are like, they're killing the game in the music industry right now. Yeah. <laughs> if you can actually still go to Netflix and watch Rhythm and Flow, it's a it's a rap competition where uh, Cardi B, Chance the Rapper, and T.I. are the judges. And Snoop Dogg was one of the judges. And uh, it was a, a, rap, a rap competition, a national competition, where they got people from all over the country to find the best rapper. And the prize was $250,000. And so they went through, I don't know, they started off with hundreds. They narrowed it down to 30. And then the final winner was my son, D-Smoke. Wow. Yeah. And you How can cool still see that, that show. It's yeah. on Netflix, you said? Netflix oh. called Rhythm and Flow. I'm going to check it out. Yeah. Did, just out of curiosity, did your boys ever want to dabble in drugs? Or did they, was it enough that they knew what you had gone through that they stayed away? I thought it would be enough. Oh, Okay. But my, my youngest son, and this is in the book, so he doesn't mind me telling the story. My youngest okay. son, sir, went through about uh, with drugs at 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 nineteen. You know, I, and I just, I we were never as parents, we were never concerned about that because they knew their father had been away for seven years because of drugs. They they'd heard me tell my story, so they knew, and I just didn't expect that to become an issue, but it did with him. Mm. But I am happy to report that he is clean and sober now as well. Yeah. I'm so happy. Yeah. Yeah, happy ending. You got all these happy endings. I love I it. Do. And the whole purpose of having someone such as yourself on the podcast telling your story, talking about your boys, is that, you know, our hope is that a family's listening or mom's listening or dad's listening can go, wow, there's there's a light at the end of the tunnel and we can come, yeah. you know, we can, things can be better, which I love. Absolutely. Did, did your son go to rehab or did you do kind of a similar thing that your mom did? We did a little bit of everything. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, okay. he did go to rehab. He's actually been a couple of times, uh, but really it ended up being the same way. Like he would come to us and I did the same thing for him that my mom did for me because yeah. I knew from experience there was no point in me yelling at him or fussing at him saying, you got to stop. You got no, that none of that. That doesn't work. You know, it has to come from inside. And so I would just do like my mom did and love him and feed him. And I mean, I would talk to him, you know, but uh not, it wasn't the program that did it for him. It was right. him. And I remember the day when that, that light went off in his head, when he realized, you know, this is not the way and I can't do this or whatever it takes to get off. That's what he did. And so he's still sober and I'm so happy. That's the other awesome. two, no, yeah, I didn't have a problem with the, the other two. Okay. Fair enough. Good. Yeah. Well, um, what's next for you? What, uh, or tell us about your books so that we can make sure that everybody knows about right. them and knows where to get them. You have more book, than just that one. That's your latest one, right? Yes. Well, I have three. One, the first book is called How Would I... And I and all of my books, I um, I do... <clears throat> I, well, not this one. The first book I named 
how would I know? And it's based on is my it is my story. It's the whole story. This this one, the latest one, is all about my sons and my right. experience. The first one is all about me, my experience growing. Everything we just talked about is in that one. And yep. you know, my experience growing up in the music industry and the divorce, my parents divorced and how it affected me. And then my, you know, getting to sobriety. But the what I'll tell you, I don't know if I could, I didn't plan on doing this, but I am sitting at the piano. So the, um, Oh, you're going to play something. Yeah, I was the song. Ooh, yeah. And, and this is not a performance. It's, I was because I named the book after the song and the words are, if it wasn't for the times that I was down, can you hear this piano? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. If it wasn't for the times that I was dying. If it wasn't for the times that For all the times that I wonder how I would make it through. All the times that I couldn't see my way. And I had to turn to you. Unfortunately, the vo the audio is kind of going in and out uh, a little bit. Okay, it's I'll probably just the microphone, but right. I heard some of it and, and I love it. Um, and I will put up the, the pictures of your book covers. I'll put those up on the video and also, you know, put a link in the show notes so that people can find your book. But I just love your story and I love... I love hearing about it. And I love hearing about your sons as well. They're all three still doing music, right? Doing music. We just went to one of their one of Sir's shows the other day. And what I love now um, is how much they support each other. You know, love watching my sons. You know, every time one of them is on stage, they call their brothers up. They come on, it's my brother, it's my brother. And I love them. They're they're just they're such amazing people, you know. And and the way I mean, I this is a part of the story that has nothing to do with addiction, but when I was a teenager, and this is all in the book, this is part of the story that I share when I was a teenager. I decided then that when I had kids, I was going to teach them music because my mom, I started taking piano lessons at seven and I didn't like my teacher. So she let me stop. And then when I got to high school, I was angry that she didn't persist. So I decided when I was 15, I'm going to teach my kids music, whether they want to learn it or not. <laughs> and that's what I did. <laughs> Three, four and five years old, they were standing around the piano and I was teaching them and I was pouring into them what I had, what I'd given them, you know, the knowledge that I had. And so had no idea they would grow to be this, you know, who they I love are. Today. It. I yeah. love it. How, how can people find their music if they want their music? Oh, they're on everything. D, all you have to do is Google D smoke. D smoke. D D smoke. That's Daniel. Okay. Um, and, sir. uh, sir. Inglewood, sir. If you just put sir, you'll never find it, but Inglewood, sir. I N G right. Inglewood. Uh -huh. Okay. And the other one is Davion Ferris. D A V I O N. And if you find them on YouTube and Apple Music and Spotify and all that, they're everywhere. Awesome. Um, yeah. Awesome. Jackie, thank you for sharing your story with us. Oh, it's my pleasure. Do you have any, like, just parting words maybe for families of people who are struggling with addiction? I do. Um, and I say this all the time. I, I used to be a religious person. Person. I'm not religious anymore. I don't, I don't, I don't subscribe to the, the ways of organized religion, even though I'm still a part of it. I still go to church. I've grown to the point where I understand that God is not in the walls of the church. God is not this ogre in the sky that's waiting to, to zap you when you do wrong. God is a, a father. He's a creator and a father and he loves you. And he's, and he's with us. He's with you, whether you know it or not, or believe it or not. And so really, if you just turn your attention to him and just talk to him, like he's a, like he's a friend, you know, he is the reason why I was able to get sober. He's the reason why my son Daniel is not totally messed up. 
You know, he's he's the reason behind everything that I'm been able to overcome and o- able to accomplish. And I'm not trying to what is the word where you try to change somebody into your religion? It's not convert. about religion. you're not trying to convert. I'm not trying to convert anybody. I'm just saying God is a source of help. So anyone that's struggling with addiction, just turn your turn your attention to him and talk to him. Ask because he loves you and he's there and he, and he will help you. I think that's brilliant. And so often we hear from someone that they have to find a higher power, whether you call it God, no matter what you call it, and it has nothing to do with religion. It has to do with spirituality and a higher power. Yes. And that, that's a brilliant message. Thank you, Jackie. You are such a beautiful woman and inspiring. I appreciate you so much. Thank you for talking to us today. Oh, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening today. I hope you enjoyed the interview. I will um, put up pictures of Jackie's books. Um, her boys, once again, are D Smoke, Inglewood Sir, and that's Inglewood with an I, and Davion. D-A-V-I-O-N, Ferris. So you can check them out and I will put titles of the book in the show notes. And if you're watching this, then you'll see um, pictures of the books. So thank you for listening. We'll be back again next week with another interview. You have been listening to the Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return. For more information, reach out to us on Facebook or go to www.theaddictionpodcast.com. Our email is theaddictionpodcast at yahoo.com.